Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Come on now. If you frown, we'll have to have you stand on your head so your neighbor can see a smile. Amen. So, uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Such a good. I want you to. We are here. We are here Wednesday night Bible study. I'm telling you, over the course of time of, of pastoring, Wednesday night Bible study is my favorite service out of the week. It's my favorite service out of the week. Now, that's just me. That doesn't mean that I you know, invest anything less than anything other service. I'm just saying it is over time at Passion become my favorite night or favorite service rather out of the week. Amen. It's so good to see everybody here. Some people switch seats on me even. Ah, keep moving. Keep moving. So how exciting that is. I, I wanted to make mention of something else. A couple of Sunday nights ago, uh, there was a a little decorative box in my office and it had some hankies in it and there's this little note on it that said pastor on the outside and on the inside it said didn't you say you need a box of handkerchiefs on the platform in case you forgot some well here you go from Terry Rhonda and Tasha and I want you to know that come in handy because tonight I forgot one tonight I didn't remember one and so I could it's up there between my seat and another seat up there and and so that's going to come in use I, I, I believe so the only problem I'll have is then remembering to fill it back up when I empty it out uh, and, and get, get the laundry back over there. And yeah, so, yeah, I'm not asking for a pallet load. We don't have no space to put that up here, okay? But uh, appreciate it. We are going, of course, we're continuing our The Gifts of the Spirit uh, series from 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. We're going to read again the first 11 verses. I know several of our ladies were out last week. Uh, do So I, I can't catch you up. The podcast will have to do do that for you last week we talked about the revelation gifts one in particular and that was the word of knowledge and just to preface this tonight as I did for them since some are here that were not here uh, before um, as we talk about these gifts of the spirit uh, I think it's important and you'll see this as we go along I will probably share stories from my own personal life or bishop or those that I'm aware of and know of that illustrate uh, the gift being in use because I think that helps us put our, our hands around the concept and idea concerning the use of the gift. I, of course, will go to Scripture. That will be first and foremost my illustration, but also I'll give some stories. And I think there were some that were given last week that would probably be seared in your mind uh, concerning just even a word of knowledge, if you remember last week, general or specific, and that they're both important regardless. And so, nevertheless, we are going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to start reading with verse number 1. And my subject matter tonight then is the revelation gifts. The, the three that make up the revelation gifts is the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. Okay, last week we talked about the word of knowledge. This week we're going to try to attempt word of wisdom and discerning of spirits. And I think we might be able to, we just might be able to do it. Whenever I first planned for this series, I thought, man, I'll just, because I know me. And I thought, I'll just do like one lesson per gift. But I think I can do better. I think I can do better. So we're going to attempt it. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 11. The Bible says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, 
I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore I give unto wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit. And there are diversities of administrations but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But... The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit. Dividing to every man severally as he will. Again, our focus tonight are the revelation gifts. That even further specifically, word of wisdom and discerning of spirits. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we need you tonight. I pray God anoint my mind and the mind of every hearer here this evening. I pray, oh God, that you're able to help me, Lord, to convey Jesus the word. And I pray, God, that you would grant understanding to us all. God, and hopefully, God, with that understanding will, Lord, come, Lord, a lessening, God, of fear. And perhaps even a revelation in their own life of where you may have tried or even done, Lord, the working of some of these gifts in their life. And, God, they've come to, Lord, the reality of it, Lord, through the teaching and the understanding, God, of your word. We'll love you, Jesus. In your holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. So very close akin, you may be seated. Very close akin, of course, then to the word of knowledge would be the, the word of wisdom. And we talked last week, that was our leaving off point, so I'll, I'll kind of meander into this a little bit. Is what we talked about is whenever we see the, the working of some of these gifts that take place, many times there are the overlapping of the gifts that might be taking place in an episode or in a setting, meaning that you can't just take one particular episode of what's taking place and say, well, that's the, that's the word of knowledge that's taking place at that time. You can do that sometimes, but sometimes there's such a overlapping of more than one gift that's in operation that's taking place in that moment that, that there's several that can be attributed to. As a matter of fact, I found many times that whenever a person, uh, and we'll get to it later, is using the gift of prophecy, uh, many times the word of knowledge and word of wisdom is being employed at the same time, uh, that that is going forth and, and taking place. So it might not just be one in operation. It may be more than one. But nevertheless, again, the Scripture grants to us the understanding that it is all by the self-same Spirit. Years and years ago, uh, as it would seem now, uh, some will remember this name, but Evangelist Jason Sisko, uh, there are several I know in my family that's, that's familiar with that name, preached a lot at Haven Pentecostal Church. He was just a young man. I think when we first ever came in contact, he was maybe around 17, even that young, was it perhaps? 17 years old. And he was used in the gifts quite extensively. He was very sensitive to the Holy Ghost, sensitive to the Lord, and God, God used him greatly. And in conversation with someone, I remember this distinctly because I was, of course, a real young man 
you know, just a little spit. And uh, I remember being in some of those services, and I remember quite, quite frankly that in conversation, he could tell. I mean, this he, literally, I'm not being funny. He could stand there and tell somebody what they had to eat for breakfast. And uh, that may seem like some very useless information. Why in the world would, would the Lord open up a word of knowledge uh, being able to tell somebody what they ate for breakfast, you know, what, what kind of d- divine impact does that have upon the life? But, you know, how can that bring edification? You know, what's the purpose of that? You know, outside of knowing they had, you know, two pieces of bacon, you know, eggs sunny side. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm really not trying to be uh, 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 hilarious or, or dis, dis, discount what was happening in that moment. But over the years, as I've grown older, I've realized what was happening in those moments and what God was doing, even though it may seem like trivial information, and that is just him being able to state to somebody that automatically builds faith. That builds faith. That, that builds faith for an individual or not even that, for a whole congregation if it's done in a public forum. That builds faith. And so the word of knowledge, although it may seem like trivial information, what the person had for breakfast, helps spawn a gift of faith. Maybe for the person or even for a congregation. And so there's an instance then where two gifts are working hand in hand. They're complementing each other. They're bringing about an end. So whenever we talk again tonight about this other revelation gift, the word of of wisdom Again, it is very close of kin to the word of knowledge that we spoke of last week. Because there are times that the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom really work very seamlessly together, uh, hand in hand. Because remember, the divine knowledge or the word of knowledge that the Lord gives is for a specific reason, for a particular time, concerning a person, a place, or an event. Amen. But whenever the word of wisdom comes in operation, it's taken all those facts that's been relayed to the individual that's operating in the gift of the word of knowledge. It's taken all those facts and telling them how to apply them, how to take that knowledge and apply it uh, for an individual's life or perhaps for a church or whatever it may whatever it may be. And so whenever that information comes, then whenever the word of wisdom then comes along with that, it's what it's letting them know what they need to do with that information. It doesn't always happen like that. Sometimes it's just the information, and the person knows based upon what is revealed what they need to do uh, concerning with the information that has been given to them. Acts chapter 27 is, our, is one of our biblical illustrations tonight of the, the word of wisdom. It illustrates to us that gift being used in operation and also the gift from last week, the word of knowledge being used in operation. So again, in tandem, hand in hand, in reality, it's whenever the apostle Paul... Uh, was on his journey to Rome. He was going by vessels of, of, of the sea. He was going by ship. And he and others on a couple different ships were headed to Rome. And it was during that season of the year where it wasn't really the safest to travel by water, yet it seems as though they were anyway. And whenever you read Acts 27 and verse number 10, Paul is being used in the gift of the word of knowledge. He said unto them, the Bible says, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. 
Now, Paul, of course, he was a fisherman, but by and large, it wasn't upon the great big sea ocean. Most of the times, it was the Sea of Galilee, it was, which wasn't really a sea. It was more so a lake, amen, although it's called that. And so by no human reason would, would he be able to know this in any way, shape, form, or fashion of human experience except it be by divine revelation. Divine revelation, divine knowledge was given to him. He knew because God impressed upon him that it was going to be dangerous the bible even tells us in acts 27 that then there was a south wind that blew softly and those that were in command of the ship you know they thought well that's that's good favor for us we can go on sailing we don't have to worry about anything and so they went on and sailed in spite of this divine knowledge that was given to paul let me just put a little footnote here okay never allow human knowledge and reasoning to compete with divine knowledge and reason I don't care how it may appear to your human nature. A south wind, yay. No. <laughs> if divine knowledge said it's not good, it's not good if you have all favor in the world pointing towards you. All right? And so, so, so human reasoning has a very hard balance to try to even out against divine knowledge and divine wisdom. Now look at verse 22 of the same chapter. Acts 27 and verse 22. Paul, again, is operating in the word of knowledge. He says, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. Now, here's the thing. Either the outcome had changed or Paul had got further clarity concerning what he felt God was telling him. Because in the beginning it says we're going to lose, going to lose the ship in our lives. But now he says, well, the, the ship is going to be the only thing lost, but everyone's lives, there's not going to be no loss among us. So maybe there was some more clarity that was brought to what he was feeling or what he felt impressed in his spirit. Amen. Perhaps at first it was just a general feeling that, man, there's going to be something disastrous going to be hurt. But it got more specific. Amen. He knew with certainty that the ship would be lost, but man's lives were going to be saved. Amen. And so uh, with that being the case, all men's lives going to be saved, but the ship going to be lost. Now, we read a little further, go down to verse 33. We read that there comes a word of wisdom. So he has the knowledge. Ship's going to be destroyed. Men's lives are going to be saved. There comes a word of wisdom. What do we do with these facts? What do we do with this knowledge? Look at it. Acts 27 and verse 33. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all, to take meat, saying, this is the 14th day that ye have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health. For there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. So we have a little, a little joining of word of knowledge. All lives are going to be saved, but the boat's going to be lost with a word of wisdom. What do I do with this knowledge? Well, if the boat's going to be lost and we're going to make it safely, we all going to find ourselves probably somewhere in water. We're going to have to make it to shore. That might require swimming or floating. Either way, that requires energy. Boys, I know we fasted for 14 days. Here's the word of wisdom employing the knowledge. He says, but eat now for your health. 
you see what's taking place in Scripture? The Apostle Paul is being used in the word of wisdom. He is rightly applying the divine knowledge that the Lord has given him aforetime. These guys are going to have to be physically strong and healthy in order to do whatever needs to be done whenever the ship is damaged or disastrous. And it turns out, the Scripture bears out even, that whenever the ship was being destroyed, that the centurion... Uh, they were, the people were upon the boats. The other, the other soldiers on the boat said, well, let's just kill all of these people. But the centurion, the Bible says, willing to save Paul. The centurion says, no. He says, whoever can swim, jump out first and swim. And the Bible tells us the rest of them then came upon the broken pieces of the ship. Thank God they had that meal after 14 days of fasting. I'm just, you know, so that, that's a marvelous illustration of both operations of those gifts in the life of the Apostle Paul. Word of, word of knowledge and word of wisdom. Now, I want to state to you, similarly to the word of knowledge we spoke of last week, the word of wisdom is not all wisdom. It's not like, man, someone just operates in the gift and all of a sudden, pew, all wise one. No, you have the word of wisdom. It could be a word, be a phrase, might be a paragraph, might be a lot, but what it boils down to this, it is a portion of wisdom for the time, for the circumstance, for the person, place, or event. It's for that particular time and purpose that God supplies the wisdom that's needed in that moment. I have found the word of wisdom coming to my own life in counseling sessions. I'm serious. There were times people talked to me, I didn't really know what to say to them. That all of a sudden, my mouth is filled with words. We could leave that place and say, boy, you was really wise. No. No. That was the Holy Ghost. I've sat with my wife as she's talked to other people, and I've seen her used in the gift of the word of wisdom. I think, man, she's such a wise lady. Well, let me tell you something. It is the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you the truth, folks. It is the word of wisdom. That's imparted for the moment, for the time that comes. And you all, you realize that God probably, I wouldn't doubt that somewhere in your lives, when you've met some certain things, God has given you a word, an unction, a feeling, a direction in that moment that you knew that, you know, nights before leading up to it, you just couldn't figure out. But in the moment, it's like light bulb, but it was the creator of the light. That really went off in your head to give you the wisdom that was needed at that place and time. See, there's another place in Scripture, if I can go there this evening, that illustrates the word of wisdom gift in operation. And it was employed whenever there was a man by the name of Naaman, who the Bible says was a leper, went to see the prophet Elisha. When he approached Elisha, it was apparent, it was known, it had been, it had been forecast uh, before him. It was apparent and known that Naaman was a leper. That was common knowledge. But look what the Bible says in 2 Kings 5 and verse number 10. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, the hymn is Naaman. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. And Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Now here it is. 
It was common knowledge. Elisha knew. It, it preceded him. News preceded him even to the king that Naaman was a leper. So knowledge was already known. But what, what Elisha operates here in, in 2 Kings 5, is a word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is this. What do you do with this knowledge knowing that this man is a leper? Here's what he needs to do. He needs to go to the Jordan River in particular and dip seven times and his flesh will be as it was prior to all of this leprosy. Word of wisdom. Right? Because even, even that word of wisdom didn't settle too good with Naaman's flesh, did it? Do we not have better rivers? Right? See, God's wisdom does not always align with human. Because, you know, those other rivers, the, the, the Jordan was known to be muddy, mucky. I mean, do we not have better rivers I could go seven times in? Oh, perhaps so. But the word of wisdom, the Holy Ghost says, it's the Jordan's where you need to go. What's that mean? You could go against that go dip in the other river. You know what? You still go be a leper. But the word of wisdom says, hey, man, that, that Elisha was operating, go to the Jordan and dip seven times. Amen. Amen. He knew, Naaman knew, that the God of Elisha could heal. He had heard reports of it. The little maid even said, if you'd go stand before that man of God over in Israel, it'd be taken care of. He knew he had heard the reports of it. Amen. But the problem of the fact was this. He had already figured out in his mind how that healing would come. He tells us there in verse number 11. He was mad. He thought he would have, you know, the man of God would come out of self and just strike his hand over it. Blah, blah. <laughs> and it'd be gone. Or he had in his mind how he thought it would take place and happen. But that wasn't the case. Naaman had leprosy, but God had revealed to Elisha by the word of wisdom how that leprosy should be taken care of. Jordan River, dip seven times, and everything will be okay. So God had Elisha tell Naaman what to do about a condition that he and others already knew he had. Did it go against Naaman's understanding? Absolutely it did. But again, whenever he comes up as a no longer a leper and his flesh is clean, I guarantee you he could care less if it was the Jordan or anything else that he was dipping in. God had brought about what needed to be brought about. So, so again... We, we have a, a, a few things here at work, if you consider it. A few things here at work concerning the gifts and operation. Word of wisdom, go to the Jordan River, dip seven times. Faith, no doubt, was present. Must have been. He had, already, he had already heard that God could heal through the man of God, Elisha. So his faith was high. He just didn't know the mechanics of how it was going to happen. That's where he got all, you know, feathers kind of ruffled. Didn't happen the way I thought it would happen. But he had faith that something was going to happen. Or he never approached Elisha to begin with. So he had faith there. And then the actual deed of it taking place. Of working in miracles. Mm -hmm. So we have all these gifts in operation at the Jordan River. Amen. In that, in that vicinity. Amen. Uh, evangelist uh, Lee Stone King. Many have heard his name. He said this. He said sometimes God tells you things for your own protection. It's not to be public knowledge, but private knowledge. But it still edifies and benefits. In other words, sometimes God just gives you information or wisdom, not necessarily for anybody else, but just for your own personal. Maybe you're not supposed to buy that building or that car or go on that trip. In the name of Jesus. 
<laughs> and, and next week, we'll take time out to talk about how God works through other ways to, to tell us that. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Here, I know that's combo. On the fact of the matter, folks, though, whenever things happen, you, you kind of discern, is it, that, is it just the enemy bothering me or is it God trying to keep me from something? You, and that will go to our next gift, discern, you know, but not really because that's discerning of spirits, but nevertheless. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think this next illustration, though, falls underneath the category of information, word of knowledge, or word of wisdom that's given for the individual and yet still brings edification and benefits because if it still yet benefits uh, the individual, then it's going to bring overall edification of the body because you are part of something larger than just yourself, okay? And so whenever, whenever we see this, uh, there was in this next illustration, this is real illustration, there was uh, some private divine wisdom that was given to a girl that saved her life back in 1997 uh, before I hate to say this, but before school shootings were popular and all the rave and happening, it seems like all the time when they were still not as commonplace as they are today, there was one in Paducah, Kentucky. And at that time, Pastor Aldridge's daughter was going to school, attending high school there in Paducah where that shooting took place. And prior to the gunshots being fired, she heard something tell her to get behind a pole. And she did. What was that? Word of wisdom. In that moment, she didn't know why. She didn't know why she had that instruction and that voice come to her, but she was obedient to the voice. And she got behind the pole, and then the, the barrage of, uh, of bullets and stuff began to fill the air. A word of wisdom moment, given in a moment, at the right time. And someone was sensitive to it and obeyed it, possibly saved her life. Amen. And instructed her on what to do, though she didn't know why she was doing it. Now, that's walking in the spirit. Some of us would have to have, you know, we'd have to open the court session and you have a defense and offense. You know, we would have to take prosecution on it. Now, God, if this is really you, then let such and such happen. Well, honey, you might be dead by then. I know you can get by with that about going around the church in a march, but. Amen. But that moment that saved her life. She obeyed. That's a word of wisdom. That's a word of wisdom. Amen. It only took a short time to understand why. Word of wisdom. Let me tell you this. Even if that was one of those cases where she did it and the why was not instantaneously revealed, you need to be comfortable in knowing that you did what you felt impressed and spoke to you in that moment. You may never know. Only eternity may really tell the story. I'm serious. Only eternity. Or it may be years down the road that all the pieces ever come together and it comes back to you and you know then why. Some of you that's read just just come to my memory. Some of you that read Sister Nona Freeman's book about whenever she was told to go out there on that porch and just wave and all that stuff. It wasn't like in the moment that she knew why, but it came to reveal why. You've got to be obedient to the Spirit. Got to be obedient to the Spirit. Amen. That's right. I'm going on. I got. 
I have heard enough time myself about somebody else trying to keep me here. <clears throat> Just another personal story. This is concerning Bishop. Uh, Sister Sarah's in the back. She's out here. She would be able to validate everything I'm about ready to say. But uh, this has just been a few years ago, actually, since we've been in town here. Uh, Dad was in his office to study and pray early in the morning hours as God deals with him. Thank God he deals with him that way. But he's obedient. He was studying praying in the early morning hours in his office. And at that time, uh, Josh Johnson's brother and such was living up a few trailers ahead of them. And uh, whenever he was there in his office praying and studying, their, they, at their residence, that they had a dog, a dog that just never barked, normally did not bark. And that morning, while well, Dad was in his office, early in the morning, mind you, that dog's carrying on and barking. I don't know, maybe heard Dad praying. I don't know. But nevertheless, it was barking and carrying on. And as that dog was barking, which was untypical for it, Dad heard Josh Johnson's voice from what seemed like outside his office window. The spirit of intercession came upon dad and he began to pray, but specifically felt impressed to pray for the Johnson's family's safety. Later that morning, Sunday morning, later Sunday morning, here he's at church and he's relaying, you know, the whole little story uh, to Josh and Sarah in particular. And whenever they went home that day, just as a result of that, they began to check their doors and their windows on their house and their residence and come to find out, sure enough, Someone had tried to break in their back door that night and the crowbar was still laying at the back door. What was that? Word of wisdom. He felt, I need to pray for their safety. So he prayed. And I'm convinced, just as scripture says, that in the self-same moment that he was doing that, somebody decided this isn't worth it, I'm getting out. Absolutely. That's, <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost. Can we raise our hands just right now to the Lord? <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Brother Zach, can you pause that podcast for a moment? Amen. The third gift of the triad of, of the revelation gifts is the discerning, the discerning of spirits. It's important to denote that it is not termed the gift of discernment. I know we kind of throw off when we say the gift of discernment, but it has a, a not a general, but a specific use, discerning of spirits, discerning of spirits. So with that being the case, this, this involves whenever, whenever God uh, would give us some specific, certain disclosure about spiritual activity or the activity of an individual. Is it connected to the devil? Is it connected to God? Or three areas. Is it connected to the devil? Is it connected to God? Or is it connected to their flesh? Because you have a human spirit. When, you, when Adam and Eve were creating the garden, 
the one aspects of them of that soul and that spirit and that body, you have a real human spirit that will live eternally somewhere. You have a human spirit. And so whenever there's things going on, uh, again, this isn't a revelation of the whole mind of God. All right. <laughs> For one, I don't think our human bodies could handle that. <laughs> but this is not a revelation of the whole mind of God. But it's a discerning of the source of activity in an individual or a, a committee or a group or, you know, people's lives. What's it tied to? Is, it, is this activity tied to God? Is it tied to the adversary? Is it tied to the devil? Or is this just humanity? Amen. And the Bible even admonishes us in his word that we should and ought to operate in this gift. The Bible says in 1 John 4 and verse number 1, he said, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are God. What is that? He's saying in act, operate in the discerning of spirits. Don't believe every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. So again, when we talk about activity of a person's life, particularly spiritual activity, we got to ask ourselves, is, is this the working of God and his angels? Is this the working of the devil and his demons? Or is this the work of human spirit, human flesh? And so there are some things that, that take place uh, in life that you don't even need to be operating in the discerning of spirits to figure out. <laughs> There's some things that take place. You don't have to operate in the spirit to know it's not of God. Number one, if it goes against his word, there's your first clue. <laughs> All right. Uh, this isn't a gift of the spirit, but it's a good one to dial into every once in a while. It's called observation. It's a wonderful tool of common sense. But to add... Let's add just a little biblical anchor to, to the, the tenth gift of observation of Luke chapter number 6 and verse 45. The Bible says, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringing forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringing forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, Speak of what you need in order to what you need to operate in observation is this: just be quiet and listen. Because what people say, what their conversations center around and are about, will tell volumes about who they are and what they're about. Because. You know, ask yourself the question, what do they normally talk about? What do they normally center their conversation around? Are they always critical? I'm just saying a lot of, st a, woo, a lot of stuff is known just by listening to conversations because the word of God tells me from the, of the abundance of their heart, their mouth speaketh. So the abundance, that means there's a surplus of that there. And so that's the reason why it's spilling out their mouth. You fill the cup too much and it overflows. And whatever the contents are on the inside gets all over everywhere. Well, whenever you have the abundance of that stuff in your heart and in your life, it spills out your mouth. Woo! That's serious. That's the reason why whenever I was a kid, 
And we always went to Grandma McGee's and she all the time talking about God and praying in the church. My God, what's going on with this lady? What's her problem? She don't have a problem. She's just shown the abundance of her heart. It's what she centered her life around. So that's what she talked about. But your words are a revealer, revealer of the heart. So you don't have to have a gift to see that, understand that. You just need to keep your mouth shut and listen. Amen. Amen. So it, is everybody doing all right? So discerning the spirits. So again, sometimes it, it, if it goes against God's word or if it's, you can tell sometimes without discerning the spirit to really know. It doesn't take somebody plugged into the supernatural to Realize, and this is a true story, but to realize that the interpretation of a tongue message that starts out as, thou thinkest thou art a humdinger, but thou art not, is not of God. True story, that happened. <laughs> thou thinkest thou art a humdinger, but thou art not. Folks, I didn't have, you don't have to plug into anything to figure out that that is not of God. Oh, folks, when we get to the tongue interp when we get to divers tongues and interpretation week, woo, boy, I got enough stories to last for three weeks. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> but there are times and there are occasions, though, we need to know what's taking place in the moment. What is the source? Is it godly? Is it demonic? Is it Humanity. A good biblical example of the discerning of spirits is found in Acts 16. Whenever Paul discerned that a girl that had been following them was demon-possessed. The Bible says in Acts 16 and verse 16, And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Now remember, Acts is written by Luke. Luke is, Luke is retelling the story now. So he's, he's, he can tell the story from the knowledge that she had the spirit of divination before it may have been known that she had the spirit of divination. Look at verse 17. The same followed Paul and us, crying, saying, cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God which shew unto us the way of salvation. Now, there doesn't seem to be anything wrong with that. Those seem to be words of great truth concerning the Apostle Paul and Luke and those that were traveling with him. That seems innocent. Could I even say, that seems godly. Hence why we need to discern the spirits. Verse 18, and this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. So we have <laughs> discerning of spirits was necessary here, here because this girl that's following them and saying this for many days, the things that she's saying seems like there's nothing. There's nothing, you know, you can't really put a mark on what was said. These, these, are, these are servants of the high God. They'll shoot us into the way of salvation. So she followed them. She did this for several days. Amen. And although there seems to be nothing faulty about what she was saying, there was a spirit behind it that was not right. 
spirit behind it that was not right. As a matter of fact, it was demonic. And Paul discerned it. And he was grieved, note. And he commanded that spirit of divination out of her. God allowed Paul to discern whether that spirit was godly or devilish in that moment. Brother McGee, how in the world? Folks, you don't have to think very far. Satan himself transformed into an angel of light. Huh? It might sound right. Think it's right. But the spirit behind it might be incorrect. And here's, here's a rule of thumb. If the spirit behind it is not correct, that pollutes everything else about it. Oh, yes. Amen. So, so even Satan himself appeared as angel, an angel of light. Look at it. 2 Corinthians verse 11, or chapter 11, rather, verses 13 and 14. For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Did you get that? They're false prophets, they're false apostles, but they're deceitful and such that they transform themselves, that they're being accepted as apostles, as Christ, but they're working under the realm of deception. It sounds, because what? Deception sounds right, sounds true, but there's a hook in the meat, so to speak. You hear what I'm saying? And that's where it leads into then in context, and no marble for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. I've told you this story perhaps before. This is from our own personal lives and evangelism days. But uh, back in our evangelism days, there was a girl that came up for prayer one night at the end of a service after had gotten done preaching. And she began to speak in tongues. But there was something a little off. Something a little off, odd about her speaking in tongues. It almost came across uh, hateful devious as it came across and in that setting we and the pastor was there praying for my mind went to the verse where John sees the vision of the spirit that's like a dove that descended upon Jesus Christ and the dove is peaceable and what was happening in that moment was anything but peaceable and those of us that were there and and no doubt God using a discerning of spirits in that moment began to pray against that. She's speaking in time. Yes, maybe so. But for everything that God has real, Satan has a counterfeit. False prophets, false Christ, false tongue. See, he can't be original. He's got to take somebody else's and just pervert it. So, so we prayed against that spirit, commanded it to go. In a few moments, that whole presentation, might I say, of tongues that she was speaking with changed from that hateful, devious to something that was very peaceable and docile. And to come to find out that when everything is said and done and we spoke to her after service, that girl had gotten herself involved in Wicca and entrenched in Wicca. And so whenever she came that that wasn't, that, wasn't, that wasn't the spirit of the Holy Ghost. That was the spirit of a, de a demon, a demon spirit that was what? Trying to do a showboat and deceive a bunch of people. Deceive a congregation, but God knew. God knew. Amen. And God granted her, her deliverance that night and a, a genuine infilling of the spirit took place. Amen. That's the reason why it's important to know. To be sensitive, to try the spirits whether they be of God. Uh, just, just, this, just this summer, we were in a church service out in 
Nebraska, and there was a powerful altar service going on, and there was something, there was someone speaking in tongues over someone that had been away from God or, or hadn't come to God for quite some time, and, and it's, it seemed for a moment, my wife and I, our spirits was checking each other, checking spirits and checking everything, you know. <laughs> I just even made sure that, you know, sleeves on my shirt was buttoned, you know. I'm just checking everything. And I looked at her and looked at each other. And what I felt in the spirit, because I was trying to fill out, is what's going on right now? Because it seemed very, very dominant and authoritative, almost a little bit over the top. And I'm thinking, okay, is, is this the Holy Ghost? Are we dealing with demon possession here? Is this a human spirit? And I finally walked away. And I looked at my wife. I said, I said, this is okay. I believe it's just somebody in their human spirit that they were actually praying in the Holy Ghost. But they were so adamant over this person, getting right with God and stuff. But, man, they were just really, you know, intense in the moment. But I was checking it. Folks, I'm saying, God, help me right here. You know, what, what direction we need to go. But it's important to know the spirits that are among you and what's taking place. Amen. Uh, uh, just another story, and I'll, I'll, I'll end our little session. Discerning the spirits. So you understand. You understand then God discloses some information about whatever the activity may be that's going on. Amen. Or even if it's not activity, um, it, it, you know, <laughs> he might save you from you know, getting a home that, you know, used to sacrifice cats in the backyard. You know what I'm saying? I know there's been buildings I walked in, and I'm wondering, I wonder what takes place here on the off days. Or walk in someplace and somebody locked eyes with me like they hate me, and I don't know them from Adam's house cat. I'm thinking, I don't think it's me that they're worried about. Thing, it's the Holy Ghost inside of me. Something's going on. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> you want to discern the spirits. I can't remember for the life of me who it was that shared this with me. But I'll close with this, okay? We're 45 minutes in. We're good. Um, there was, there was a, a service taking place one night, and there was a gentleman that came forward to the front. There was a good altar service going on. And, uh, and all of a sudden, this man started taking on the characterization if anybody's been in a service where there has been de demonic demonstration um, started carrying on as though he was possessed of the devil and uh, all the different antics that take place or can take place in those moments were happening but uh, the evangelist that was in that service God had given him the discerning of the spirit you got to know by the natural eye probably most people have just been bluffed this guy is demon possessed we need to cast this out that evangelist went up to him and said, he's whispered in his ear. He said, sir, he said, you need to cut all this stuff out and you need to go sit down. The man stopped and went and sat down. It was just a human spirit that was trying to garner attention. <laughs> so it's important. It's important. Discerning the spirit. Stand with me tonight. Is everybody all right? Amen. <laughs> Next week, we'll try to go a little further. All right, we'll try to get into um, what we are categorizing as the power, the power gifts, which will be the faith and the gifts of healing and working of miracles. We'll leave all the vocal ones for last. That's what everybody knows everything about anyway, vocal gifts. So we'll leave that for last. And, uh, amen. We'll have a good time with that. We'll have a good time along the way. Is that all right? But here, folks, in sincerity, again, what, what we're hoping to accomplish here is you open your understanding concerning the operation of the gifts, how they operate, 
so that when they take place in your life, because as I said from the onset, I believe some of y'all has been used in stuff that you haven't even realized God's used you in, that you'll recognize it. You'll give yourself over to it. Amen. And know in reality what the purpose of it is for, that word of knowledge, that word of wisdom, or that discerning, you know, of spirits. Amen. God can help you with that. Amen. He's got a gift for you. You have one. Convinced according to God's word, you have one. Amen. Amen. And so I know the mandate from heaven at the beginning of the year. If you teach it, the people will operate in it. And so, man, I'm, I'm just giddy. I'm just, I'm just giddy just, you know, for all this to be said and done. And, and we just follow where the Lord Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.